Welcome to the Moser on Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by Jacket Media Co. I'm just wild about Harry, and Harry's wild about me. Hello, everyone. This is Lou Weiss from Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm a little bit different today because Harry got me this manufacturing is cool t-shirt he has one and uh, so i didn't want him to be alone with this so i love this t-shirt so uh harry by, by, by the by the way as long as he's brought up lewis brought up the t-shirt anybody out there that would like a manufacturing is cool t-shirt made in the u.s out of u.s cotton they have to submit a an original previously unknown case of reshoring to Harry, and Harry will send them a t-shirt. So what's your email? Harry.moser, M-O-S-E-R, at reshorenow.org. Now, I can't guarantee you the physique that Lou has to wear it, but uh, you'll, you'll, you'll have to do the best with what you can. <laughs> Small, medium, large? Small, medium, extra large, large, extra large, extra, extra large. Got it, got it. <laughs> okay, uh, everyone, we're we're here. Harry is uh, um, he's our reshoring guy from Reshoring Initiative, uh, but we're doing something a little bit different uh, today, as you can tell. And um, Harry, uh, we've done uh, about fifteen episodes sessions on reshoring and you wanted to do a little bit of a change so why don't you give us a little explanation <laughs> about why the change yeah so so we i think we've done a good job on the sessions they, they've been a lot of fun we always have a good time and, and got some good information out but I, I had a unique experience a couple of weeks back and i said this is time for this is the summer it's time for a break right and right. and, and i also I, I included this also in our newsletter that's about to go out. I wanted to show that Harry occasionally does something other than work, because most people think I work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, <laughs> and I don't. I only work 10 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so something special. So August 2nd to 7th, so about five days, I was at something called Camp Kotak. Okay, which is an event organized by David Kotak, who's the uh, chairman of Cumberland Advisors. So David's a, a noted financial asset analyst, monetary economist, asset manager. His firm manages lots of money, you know, for other people. And, um, and, and he puts this event on. It takes place uh, each summer for one week or five days at Lean's Lodge in Grand Lake Stream, Maine, which was very convenient for me because I'm in Maine to start with for the summer. So I said, hmm, sounds like fun. So I went to Camp Kotak. So what does fishing and reshoring <laughs> have to do with one another? <laughs> so fishing, first there were about 40, 43 people there. So a good, goodly number of people. And fishing is an excuse to attend you know and otherwise it's just another conference so to speak so so i fished for three days mostly cloudy occasionally sunny 
got enough rain. So I, I had I had to go out and buy a like a waterproof jacket and waterproof pants and waterproof shoes and all that kind of stuff because we're out in in uh, with no cover and we'd fish in the morning and then gather on the shore and the guide each 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 canoe we were in had a guide the guides would cook the fish for lunch then we'd fish again in the afternoon have excellent dinners that night it was a lot, a lot of fun a lot of guys say hey that that's pretty cool that's a lot of fun what kind of fish perch mostly perch some bass the um let me, let me pull up my slides here. Fisher, a fisherman has to show off a little bit here. Yeah, so, of course. So here's, here's this. I'm going to show the screen. So tell me when you can see it. Um, yeah, there you are. And it, okay, you can see it. That's Harry on, on, on a dock next to a canoe. So these are motorized canoes. So it'll be a guide in the back and, and two of these economic financial analyst kind of people there and um and we you know we go out for three hours in the morning and then like i said have lunch and then two or three hours in the afternoon head back in for for a good time that evening and and it went uh rather well for me uh let's see here I didn't so where's the 43 guys so here here's oh, the oh there's your 25 fish that's my 25 fish that i caught one morning in about three hours and I wasn't, it wasn't just that I caught my, my partner and I, uh, the two, two guys that were in the, in the canoe, uh, caught like 50 altogether, and about equal numbers each, uh, almost all perch and occasional bass. And, uh, you know, I was, I was very proud of it. It was like drop the hook in with a worm on it and pull it up and there was a fish on it. <laughs> and it was as good as you could ask for. Um, I, I think I was lucky. Uh, I, I had some experience back when I was a kid, when I was 10, 15, uh, my father and I, my, my sisters, would go fishing in Barnegat Bay, New Jersey. So I'm sure, Lou, you're, you're in Jersey, so you know Barnegat yeah, Bay. Yeah. And like I said, I caught the first fish of the whole group, and I tied for the most fish with the 25. My, my you know, canoe mate was the other guy who had 25, and it was a very... Uh, pleasing. Now it's very different from fishing in Barnegat Bay or out in the ocean, where you you might catch a bluefish that's uh, what ten pounds or fifteen pounds, and these things right. were you know right. maybe a pound or something like that. So but, uh, did you win a prize for first and twenty five? No, but I got to, I get to brag about, it. and that's all. That's what most fishermen get to do, I guess, is, <laughs> is, 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 is brag about uh, brag about their good times. So I, I was pretty happy happy with that. So where's the other 40 guys? Uh, here you'll see most of them. Let's see all of them. Oh, so this, my God. Okay. And they weren't all guys. As you can see up here in front, there's uh, two, three, four ladies uh, and, and well-known people. And these, are, these people are uh, financial analysts, uh, asset managers, like billions of dollars under, under management. You know, people kind of people that that might be good enough even for a guy with the wealth that Lou, Lou Weiss has and the uh, and, and most many of them uh, I, I see routinely on Bloomberg or CNBC uh, radio TV what have you they're just their names keep coming up they're they're the sort of the a team of of uh, financial analysis financial commentary 
and, and, and more than that, some of them are experts on China, they're experts on the Fed, they're experts on uh, different aspects of macroeconomics, that kind of thing. So it's so a very, very interesting group to work with. So let's talk about business. So what about the economics? What about fishing or not fishing or economics? <laughs> you had a lot of good people there that are very knowledgeable in the world of economics and uh, uh, global this and global politics and so on. Yeah. So when did you do all the talking? You couldn't have been talking while fishing. We had a little bit of talking while fishing. But not too much because you're, you're like my back's to the my partner or something, and, and therefore you can't talk so well. And but we we like I say, fish in the morning, have lunch, fish in the afternoon, get back in, get cleaned up, and then you know, drink. A lot of drinking going on. Drink, drink uh, out out on the deck of this lodge for an hour, and then come in and have dinner. Very nice dinners all the time, and then come into like a study. Where all the forty people would sort of squeeze in, and two or three of them would host a topic. You know, they they they'd comment on their subject that they were the experts on, and then the rest of us could <clears throat> ask questions, chime in, do whatever. So, so some of the topics that were discussed: the the, the recent U.S. debt crisis. Remember, what th two three weeks ago, when the Republicans yeah. and the Democrats, and you know, like. Uh, uh, McCarthy and Biden, you know, had a standoff, and finally, at the last minute, before the last dollar ran out, they 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 came up with something that pushes it off for a year or two, and and lets them lets the you know the, sort of the world continue. So we, there was a lot of discussion about the debt crisis, uh, globalization, so or deglobalization, which is more or less reshoring, uh, <clears throat> a discussion about uh, artificial intelligence and its impact on education labor markets wall street etc most of them were pretty much uh you know in the view that 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 ai is clearly coming uh some i'd say most said yeah you get the new technology and that'll wipe out some jobs but there'll be new jobs for people to do ai and to apply ai and, and because of and I, I, one of my views is always that AI is automation, and some people fear automation, like the Luddites you may, in England. They're afraid, afraid that the machines are going to take all their jobs. And, and I say that since, since like, where we're having that lunch was an island. You know? And if you're an island and you automate the, the picking of bananas and coconuts, you know, maybe nobody will have a job, not enough jobs. But since we're not an island, since we're competing with the rest of the world, I, to me, it's crystal clear that that the U.S. will lose more jobs to automation that takes place in China and Korea if the U.S. does not automate than we will to jobs lost in the U.S. because we do automate. So you have, it's like Alice in Wonderland. You have to run as fast as you can just to stay even and even faster than that if you want to pick up work and bring it back here by being more competitive. So, so I, I believe AI in, in the long run, you know, as long as we don't have Star Wars kind of thing, uh, I think AI will, will be for the better. Also talked about cybersecurity, you know, another, another hot topic because of all the, all the hacking and the, you know, the Russian, Chinese, et cetera, uh, right. attacking the U.S. 
Let's uh, let me go backwards a little bit. Uh, you were talking about the debt crisis. I have my own opinion about the debt crisis, so uh, but I won't share that with you for the moment. What are, what is the consensus with regards to the debt crisis? Is it ever going to be paid off? Well, I'm going to differentiate between the debt crisis, which is, uh, I guess, a regulation or law that's 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 in the U.S. system that says that that the Congress has to uh, that, that when the U.S. gets to the uh, point where it has X dollars of debt outstanding, and at the moment that's 30 trillion or something like that, when, when it, that it cannot go higher than 30 or whatever the number is, unless the Congress approves it. And when the Congress approves it and, and bumps it up to say 33 trillion, you know, then the government can have deficit spending for another $3 trillion until it gets to 33. And then they have the, the dispute again. So, so when you have the debt crisis, that's, that's that debate that happened between the Republicans and Biden. And they got eventually settled. But the um, this David Kotak, who puts on this camp, you know, who organizes the camp, uh, he, he writes a couple of newsletters a week that I get. And maybe three weeks ago, he four weeks ago, he wrote one in which he said how horrible the handling was. The Republicans shouldn't have done what they did uh, because it, it, in the whole debt crisis, having that limit is a mistake because it forced uncertainty and it wound up as one of the causes when of Fitch eventually uh, reducing the U.S. credit rating from I think AAA to AA plus and 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 David concluded that because of that interest rates in the U.S. that that we, you and I would pay on a mortgage or a car loan or or that the U.S. pays for its debt are higher and he calculated that it's going to cost hundreds of billions of dollars over the next decade or so because of the higher interest rates as a result of that uh, un, unre unreliable you know, unprofessional negotiation that could cast doubt on the credibility of the U.S. dollar and the U.S. willingness to pay its debts. Now, I, when David put that out in his newsletter and I, I responded to it and said, yeah, you're, I agree your calculations, I'm sure they're correct, but the underlying problem is that the deficit is too big, that the debt's too big, and, and many top economists have concluded that if the, as the debt, total debt to GDP ratio rises above 100, and, and ours is above 100, and as it keeps going up, that U.S. growth, any, any country where this happened, that growth slows down and clearly interest rates go up, and the combination of higher interest rates and more debt, then the payment, the federal payments on insurance crowd out Social Security, Medicare, defense, education, you know, safety, everything else that, that the society thinks should be done, eventually you, you can't do it because you're spending all your money on the interest on the debt. So I said, instead of, instead of saying how bad uh, it was that the Republicans tried to do something about it, you know, instead, get together and let's do something about it. You know, let's, let's analyze how, how much more interest it's costing us because we let the debt go up so much and deal with the underlying problem. Because because I, I'm convinced that, that I mean, right now we have 
uh, budget deficits for the United States of a trillion, two, two trillion a year. And the amount just went, was just raised by about a trillion. And as that keeps going up, eventually we're spending our, we're spending our kids, our kids and our grandchildren's money. And, that, and that's a mistake. So let me ask you, Harry, because I have my own and I'm not an economist. I know a lot of stuff sometimes. Is this debt ever, ever going to be paid off? My belief, before you answer, is no. <laughs> We're never paying the $30 trillion off. It's going to go to $35 trillion, $40 trillion. It's never going to be paid off. Your comments. Well, first, if you don't pay it off, then you have to pay the interest on it. And, 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 and also, second, it's not just the 30 trillion. I've read several very well informed writers articles that say that the total debt in the US, the combination of the, the actual debt and, and the unfunded, unfunded liability on Social Security and Medicare and the state unfunded pension liabilities, like in New Jersey, you know, uh, and, and many other states. But you add all those together, and it's two hundred trillion dollars. Okay, right. Okay, so which makes it makes it even less likely to pay it off. Now, the the economists that I read and and respect uh, generally conclude that the first you'd have to raise uh, either cut spending so incredibly to get out of a hole because you've let the hole get so deep. Okay, so you have to cut spending so incredibly and people would literally have rebel uh, or you have to raise taxes so much that it wouldn't pay for you to run a company and I couldn't convince companies to reshore and put factories up in the United States. Okay, so so that the the obvious ways to solve a problem are not likely to work. And so most experts would say that the uh, what will happen is we will have significant rates of inflation and therefore the uh, if you if you if prices get doubled um, so, so you've had 100 percent inflation it's it, you get it may be twice as much money available in revenue from taxes and the debt doesn't rise as fast and therefore you pay the debt off with inflated dollars and the debtor and, and the, the creditor i guess the one who's holding the debt well they're just screwed <laughs> because they're going to get they're gonna, in effect they're going to get back you know 30 cents on the dollar because those cents won't be worth what they were when they loaned the money to the government so basically you're saying it's never going to get paid off it's going to get paid off but with like i say with 30 cents on a dollar if you allow for the effect of inflation. Doesn't sound great. No, I mean, it doesn't sound like you ought to be holding a lot of government bonds, at least at least not long-term government bonds. Yeah. Although right. in, interest rates are, you know, four or five percent now, so not not too bad, not too shabby. But but those higher interest rates are rising, are raising the cost of, of interest to the government. Which is making the deficit even bigger and therefore the debt bigger. <laughs> so, uh, with regards to the, the group in front of us, yeah. who, else, who else was there? 
Yeah. So I'm not allowed to name who they were other than no David Kotak, who's got his name on the thing, and Harry Moser, uh, because they operate under something called Chatham House Rules, which means uh, anybody who's who's attend, you can you may not name individuals who are there. You especially may not say Bill said that and Sue said that and John said this other thing, but you can make general comments, but without attributing them to specific individuals. But okay. but just to give you a feel for the the people, uh, we had a former Federal Reserve Bank president, numerous of these asset managers, people with billions of dollars, they're managing for other people, maybe themselves. P P a lot of PhD economists, and national economic market and geopolitical experts, the kind that I see or hear routinely on on CNBC, Bloomberg, you know, places like that, Fox Business, uh, senior executives at government agencies and banks, uh, several leading podcast hosts, and and I'm I hope that uh, some of them will allow me to add add them to the uh, visibility I already received with you, Lo. Thank you, thank you. I'll be happy to go, but I'm not going to fish. <laughs> not my thing. <laughs> So why did you attend? Uh, first, it sounded like fun. You know, I, I do work too much, and it was, it was good to, to break that up a little bit. But, but mainly to get the reshoring message out to nationally influential leaders and advisors. These people, they, they, they sort of heard, heard of geo, uh, uh, they've heard of reduction in globalization, but they, they don't really know what, how, how that's happening. They certainly don't know that that reshoring or localization is economically feasible for most companies, but also to learn from them. These are really smart guys, really clever. I was, you know, the things they knew about, they knew so much more than I did that, that I, I was able to learn a lot. Um, there was some interest in reshoring, you know, some not at all. They, they couldn't care less because these, these aren't fin uh, manufacturing people. These, these are, you know, financial, mostly financial, economic kind of people. Uh, but maybe maybe twenty percent of them had pretty strong interests and say, "Harry, keep in touch. I'd like to hear more." And, that, and I was I was pretty happy with that. Well, maybe uh, going forward, Harry, you can grab a couple of these guys. Uh, they're smart. We're smart. You're smart. I'm only so smart, and have them all on the show to talk about all these topics, not only manufacturing but the economics. Uh, which we do talk a lot about on Manufacturing Talk Radio. We, we talk. We, we talk about. Let me show you one more slide before we sure. before you stand up. Here's here's just another evidence that I was there having a good time. So here's here's a group. We, we went up hiking up through the through the hills and really tough hiking. I I'm by far the oldest in the group. I had a hard time uh, just keeping my balance on the stuff. So this is a a group of us and these guys all gave me the permission to use their their photos and and we you know we climbed up you know, hundreds of feet i guess into the into the hills and uh and had, had a nice uh nice morning i think it was the sunday of, of the time i was there so were they all drinking this morning not that morning no but <laughs> but the, the, the drinking was an important part of this so one of the traditions of the camp is that Every camper, in addition to paying, and it wasn't cheap at all, in addition to paying, had to bring six bottles of fine wine, quote, fine, unquote, wine. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I, I, I emailed the organizers and said, you know, is, is fine $30 a bottle? 
for me, that's fine. That's <laughs> more than I spend. Fine. That's pretty fine. Or, or is it 100 or is it 500? And they, they said, if you like it, it's okay. Kind of thing. But, but, they, but they didn't want you bringing, you know, two buck chuck, you know, or something like that. Harry, I went into New York City this past weekend with some friends and we stayed over for four or five days. And we went to a restaurant uh, for dinner. And at the end of the dinner, they handed us the uh, after dinner drink menu. And there it was. Louis the Thirteenth, five hundred dollars for two ounces. Five hundred dollars for two ounces, huh? I didn't drink. <laughs> so, Louis, that is a what? A brandy or a yes, yes. brandy? Okay, yeah. yeah. You're was, not getting uh, me for 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 five hundred dollars for two. But but you could have ordered one ounce, and that would have been uh, two seventy five. <laughs> right. so that's a little bit more expensive than the two ounces harry this is uh great uh i i open it up to you if you would like to talk to some of your folks there if they would like to join you and i mm -hmm. on the show to talk about uh the things that you talked about when you were half half inebriated <laughs> um, but i'd be happy to have you all on so any final words harry before i wrap this up so uh, those of you who are in manufacturing, uh, either making it or selling manufactured products, the uh, Reshoring Initiative can help you as a company um, make smarter decisions about where to source, help you see that 20 or 30% of what you're importing is more profitably sourced in the US. And if you're selling to manufacturers, selling components, machine parts, forgings, anything like that, then we can help provide the tools to help you convince your customers that they'd be more profitable if they bought from you instead of continuing to import. So uh, if you need help, harry.moser at reshorenow.org. Website is reshorenow.org. One last point. Last night, I happened to listen to the Republican debate, and I don't remember who, but somebody said something about reshoring and i'm not sure if they were for or against so that i think they were they were all more or less these days any any politician has to at least give lip service to bring jobs back to the united states the trump talked about it obama trump biden have all talked about it but biden spent hundreds of billions of dollars on it uh, right. but i think uh, maybe is it T tim scott yeah, the African American. He he he's the one that I, I didn't hear the whole thing, but I heard him talk most uh, articulately on the subject of bringing manufacturing back. Yes, he did. Yes, he yeah. did. Harry, great show. Glad to see that you drink in the morning. Doesn't make <laughs> you a bad person. And we'll see you next month. You know, something else we we could talk about, Lou, when there's another debate. We could get the transcripts of the debate and we could discuss the positions of each of the candidates. We can do that. We That'd be sort of fun, huh? Even, yeah, even though we uh, have made it a rule not to talk politics, but I'm willing to break that rule. Or, or we, can, we just talk about the economics of their discussion, not the politics of their discussion. Well, we'll see what happens. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, bye, right. bye, everybody. Bye, Lou. It was fun. Bye, bye, bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, everybody who's in the photographs. Take care. <laughs> bye, bye. I'm just wild about Harry.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>